Hi there. Thank you for downloading, listening to, and watching the Lean Into Artcast. This is a show where two visual storytellers get together and take a walk around various topics that tend to cross one's path when one has committed themselves to this endeavor of communicating with images. We think hard about this stuff, so you will too. My name is Drew. My name is Jersey Trost. I'm a cartoonist and teaching artist, and the other host is named. Hi, I'm Rob Stenzinger, and I'm a user experience designer and a game developer, interactive maker of stuff. How are you doing, Jersey? Doing okay. Uh, recovering after an intense weekend of Cartoon Crossroads Columbus, which I'm sure at various points... We will discuss that experience. Um, my opinions are my own and blah, 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 blah. But yeah, I'm, I'm still in Kevin recovery mode. Uh, but in my, you know, I went dark for a couple of days right after the show. And in my sort of rebooting, uh, defragmenting period, um, I came across what was a topic, I, I thought a topic worthy topic, uh, or lean into art worthy topic, which was. Um, I, I went for a walk in the woods, Rob. Um, where's my Chrome? There we go. And shame on me having lived in Ohio for a year and a half now, but like for a long time having like a real um, sort of assumption, an, an uninformed assumption about Ohio as a state is that I, I was judging it purely on the uh, US 23 highway that I've often taken to go through Ohio to other states, which is like pretty flat and like farmlands. But my goodness, is this state rich with a lot of really cool parkland. And I was walking through this park with my wife and you could see like the rock formations with all these trees, like their, their, um, roots are snaking down in between and like the trees are holding onto the rock surfaces, right? You could see that. Uh, and I was like, gosh, darn it. Like, this is like something that would be really worth drawing just to like, see, like make up some alien landscapes, uh, with this kind of thing. So, you know, Ann and I sat down and I just, sketched for the first time and then i did the math i was like oh my gosh it's been a month since i've drawn anything for my own purpose you know um mm. and i felt like it it recharged me to the point where i went from feeling like i was dragging like shoulders slumped and like hunched over to like standing up straight like oh my gosh that's why i do this stuff oh that's 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 what it's like to be alive uh and so i came to you and i was like maybe we should talk about drawing for ourselves why are you laughing uh, it's um why why does this even happen and i'm glad to talk about it because i've gone through that so is i feel that so deeply right that situation where um reconnecting with something that's so energizing but yet you know it's part of what you do to get paid or or it gets shuffled and prioritized and like reconnecting with it because of that initial personal uh, meaningful thing. It's wild how good it feels. And I, I just, yeah, I mean, as soon as you, you texted that as a, as a topic, I'm like, well, yeah, it, it's not, uh, yeah, obviously we should talk about this. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so I, we established our topic. Yes. And we're, so it, yes, if I were to c complete what I think is a completion of my thought on framing this up is that, um, I have been doing other drawing, but it's drawing that is for other jobs, right? Um, I don't know if anybody saw over CXC weekend when Ann and I were decorating a, a White Castle Crave case 
as part of our agreement with White Castle, and they became a sponsor of CXC. So, like, did a lot of drawing, and it was fun, but it, it was it was for a purpose that came from the outside. It was extrinsically motiva- motivating rather than intrinsically motivated. When I was drawing my sketchbook, this little alien landscape thing, I was like, I don't need to show this to anybody. This is I'm just drawing for me. And that's what felt so good. And that's what I want to like pick at a little bit for an hour with you. If you will go along with me for the ride, Rob. (laughs) (laughs) I'm in. I'm in. He's not only in everybody. He wrote wrote the notes for this one, by the way. So like, I'm I'm, I'm, like being a little bit facetious when I say, come along with me. I'm going along with Rob, really. Cool. I'm like, hey, this is a new format idea. We could, it's almost like a, like, like a quick, a quick judgment. Like, what are we going to do? This is like when the dungeon, when your game facilitator, uh, dungeon master works super hard and it's like, oh, I know how you're going to, you know, not that I worked that hard on the show notes, but I'm like, oh, I can't wait to put this character in the situation. And then they're like, yeah, we're totally doing that. We, we just made up something else. We're going to go like f- um, fix the ca- our cart and uh, throw it off the cliff. And my character's just gonna, yeah, and my character's gonna go buy shoes. Is that okay? He's gonna go buy shoes that are going on the dungeon crawl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that it's yeah, this is a I, I think this is an interesting possibility for the show where it's like, you know what? Or not. Boom. Here we go. <laughs> We're the misbehaving party. That, that, yeah, that could be that could be a fun new little bit of spice to add to something that is, you know. 329 episodes old but with that said we'll put that on the table and and now we're in the episode for those who are listening to the audio you just missed me and rob dancing uh this is our way of saying that we are now fully into the um the, the body of the show so let's talk about it when you make stuff for yourself when you make the, I don't know, where do you want to start? Well, like how, I just, the bigness is sort of a, a like a, a, a path uh, distinction for me where it's like sitting down to draw something for myself is pretty natural and spins in, up into something uh, bigger pretty easily unless I, you know, watch myself because, uh, all, you know, the excitement I, I get, I start to find other uses. It's like, even when you were describing the, like feeling a, a moment of, of sort of, you know, aesthetic connection and appreciation and arrest for the, 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 those tree patterns and the natural follow-up to go into sketching there, it takes you somewhere else then. It's like the, the, the door gets flung open. You're like, ah, I'm just going there. Cause I feel like going there. Yeah. And then all of a sudden now that you're that you're going there you're kind of making something and all of a sudden does it go does it get bigger right so i'm curious um even though you have permission to to keep it small and like in in this first part of the show i i don't know if we it might make sense to focus on that kind of thing where it is sort of a um there's no pressure after the idea to make something cuz you feel like it to then do something else with it right yeah yeah um like what's that what's that like for you um does do you have a big catalog of that kind of stuff does it does it sit in 
Where, what happens? Yeah, Where well, does it go? I, I mean, I do. I have a whole bunch of sketchbooks. But yes, as, as I think you correctly uh, anticipated is that a lot of my sketching in my sketchbooks is development of ideas for future projects. There's an intention. Uh, I'm exploring purposefully to find treasure rather than just playing in the sand, right? There's a difference between sifting for, for gold and just playing in the sand. Um, and... The if I were to characterize the difference is that, uh, gosh, how do I describe this? I don't want to be frou-frou, but there's something about connecting a drawing tool to a piece of paper and just the, 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 the actual physical experience of that, of moving the pen around, that automatically, and, and I, I can't speak to whether this is like through, because I have so much experience doing it, like a life experience of doing this over and over again, and I'm bringing that feeling to it, but there's something that feels relaxing about that. It feels relaxing, and it feels like there's something relaxing about playing with your imagination in a non-performative way. Um, does that make sense? Like, when I'm, when I'm sketching in my sketchbook for the purpose of developing ideas to turn to a story, there is... Oh gosh, it just makes me think of. I'm going to come back to this a, a thousand times, Rob. And I'm sorry, I'm doing my intellectual tumbling that I'm. I'm. I think I'm going to put a trademark on and make a T-shirt out of that. Uh, <laughs> That's really good, actually. <laughs> but like, it's it's like that idea in Zen of like um, n acting without expectation, right? Because the moment you think about victory, you automatically have to consider defeat. The moment you think I'm turning this into something, you have to think about what it what it can't be. Um, and playing with it without expectation removes both of those things. The idea of perfection falls off and the idea of failure falls off. And then it becomes just you and the paper and it actually, you know, feels like relaxing and invigorating at the same time. It's like plugging in the phone and watching that green battery thing grow, you know? Um, and I don't know... When, when does that even become a thing, right? Because I remember, uh, I have pretty early memories of, of starting to really like to draw and finding that like, that is a worthy place to spend time, no matter what is it. And is it that I, and this isn't a psychology podcast or what have you, but there's probably some kind of formative experience stuff where it's like, this is inherently nourishing somehow mm -hmm. and then it's also pretty useful but it's all that it, like it's useful outside of you and it's useful inside of you um yeah. is is part of what i'm hearing and I, I i don't know if i have an interesting distinction here but you're describing um maybe the the mechanics of it that connect so um that connect so much right so meaningfully but then there's a or or is it different when they're when it's the mechanics have to be on a mission, right? So mechanics versus mission, where I need to uh, I need to hunt for an idea to develop to bring through a creative cycle to get it to be strong enough to do a job, right? These characters need to uh, work well individually and together, and all you know, you're solving problems, right? Yeah. Versus not solving problems, not even knowing why necessarily other than yeah. it feels right yeah 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 like like operating out of intuition that's part of it um i would also say 
uh, operating out of a sense of When, when, when you swing on a swing in a, in, a, in a playground, it's not to show anybody how good you are at swinging, right? <laughs> well, not anymore. <laughs> that's true. That's true. I take it back. You're in fifth grade. That's kind of an important thing. Uh, <laughs> let's see who can get parallel with the top bar. Yeah. But I mean, like, I just think about like that kind of thing. Like it, it's, it, there's something about like, I'm, cause I, as a kid who grew up in a very rural place where I lived right across the street from our playground. So on in the summertime when school was out, I would just go to that playground and just play on the equipment. Right. And like, there was nobody to see what I was doing. I was really just in my own space doing that. I, I think there's something like that in when I'm drawing my sketchbook without, um, the intent to, um, do anything with it or let, let, again, there's a difference between intent to do something with it and doing something with it. Like something may come out of it, but that's not the point. Right. Um, Rachel Ross is in, is watching us on Twitch and says, this is the difference between sketch, quote unquote, sketchbooks for myself to noodle around in and quote unquote, I will show everyone this great sketchbook full of finished art. I think that second statement is what stymies a lot of beginning artists too, is this idea that like Ben Hadke was talking about this recently in a talk about sketchbooks is like, if the book is too nice, he feels like nervous about drawing it because he's got to make the drawings as nice as the book is, you know? That that was really cool. Yeah, the, the uh, con CXC was awesome. I watched a good bit of it, and we we caught that one as a family. Pretty cool. There, that that pressure though, and there's some uh, it the mission changes stuff. And I see like all of us artists have a different relationship, uh, you know, our own personal way of looking at the uh, finding a purpose for what we make and navigating the stages of development toward purpose and sharing it and stuff. And, and like, you know, lots of, you know, some folks are really comfortable with it and, and really, really groove on, on like, I want to combine, you know, the, the, the lo logical thinking and analysis with the intuition and feeling things out and just like a uh, skill that I've accreted over the years and, and like, somehow that feels really whole and great. And others are more like, eh, that logic can take a hike for a while. And, and uh, it's such a trap, right? Where, uh, because it's not just it as a, um, as a mechanism, but it's a, but it's, it sort of locks you in more than, than other possibilities could, that could be totally surrounding it. That just because you're doing your job, you're going to finish it. You will be avoiding that potential and discovery and like teaching styles. Like I've been, um, you know, reading a bit of uh, Linda Berry's books this, this year. And um, her teaching style is very much toward helping you find and discover and, and uh, feel comfort in that intuitive space. And that's uh, which, which I inherently think like feeling Practicing that is a thing too. So mm -hmm. Saying like, you know what? I noticed the fact that my heart rate drops when I sketch. I should sketch more. <laughs> and just that being an, enough intention, it, uh, it, it, it seems useful, right? Mm -hmm. But it doesn't seem to be violating a contract of, um, you know, like like if there's a if there's an intuition bouncer and the in the in the the, the, the sweet magical club of, of uh, infinite art and you're like about to walk in, they're like, whoa, whoa, buddy, you have a goal. Mm -mm. 
stop. And uh, I don't feel like if you if if you just have a couple, if you're like, it's a small goal, it's not going to hurt anything, you know. Anyway, yeah. I'm re- I'm reminded to when I try to I carry a pen and my notepad everywhere, and I tried to get into a, a concert a couple years back, and they were like, nope, no. Per-. I'm like, it's you know, seriously, it's a Copic pen. What am I going to do with this? Nope, nope, nope. I'm like, ah. anyway. So <laughs> that's the character. Man. Anyway, a lot of thoughts there. Um, what do you think? Is it okay to have a little bit of gold when you wander sure, in, into why this? Why not? Well, I mean, like the moment I saw those branches, I was like, that would make a cool alien landscape, which will probably be of some use in some future book. But for now, let's play, right? Just what you described, I think it's it's saying that you're not looking to airtight connect one step to the next, right? Mm-hmm. This action probably goes somewhere and that probably leads to something. And so you if that's good enough, that that you're 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 welcome into the into the club. There, there's a line in Peter S. Beagle's The Last Unicorn, which is a fabulous book. I love that. One of my favorite fantasy books. And it says something about like this butterflies explaining like how unicorns work. And they said they're generally only visible to people who search and trust. And that line hit me pretty hard as a young person. I couldn't figure out why. But as I've grown older, I think about that as like that's kind of what an artist's job is to do is to search and trust. Trusting that the connections and the patterns will reveal themselves with enough exploration slash investigation. Um, on Sunday, I interviewed a documentary filmmaker as part of the CXE programming. And one of the things that he, we were talking about was how he landed on the narrative that he landed on uh, about this narrative about how Beetle Bailey comics are made. And I asked whether this was something, uh, did you walk in with like a construction of like, okay, let's say you're going to make a comic strip and it's going to be about this and let's watch you make a comic strip about this. He said, no, no, no. It was just me doing a lot of filming and I was watching for things that like sort of reflected bigger ideas about the comic strip. And then we had to tie it all together uh, in editing. I said, ah, so your job then, like if you were to describe your skill, it would be being attentive and open, right? Like that's the primary skill of the documentarian storyteller. Uh, yes, knowing how to use computers is nice too. Knowing how to set up shots and what to show and what not to show, that all counts. That's all important. But like the, the, the primary, like the, the fulcrum point of doing this is being, is uh, trusting and being open and being att- pay, paying really close attention, right? So. And I, I'd say in that neighborhood, of just being open and seeing, seeing what happens is that's sort of the, this is like the playground that you lived across the street, right. For, for me and creative challenges over, over the years where I'm like, you know what, more play is better than less. And on, and just saying, uh, I'm going to commit to every single day this week, I'm going to go to the playground. And that's what, you know, creative challenges typically are for me, but yet that's a, that's, that is very different. Like, so what you're describing, it's, it's like that walk in the woods, the going to the playground and all that kind of stuff. Um, because my output for, for creative challenges, it, it's pretty mixed, pretty extremely mixed. <laughs> um, like I, I did one, the, the unblocking project for an entire year, published a drawing, um, you know, I've done 24 hour comic day in different, different ways. Uh, um, you know, 
back in the day, Inktober, you know, now there's a lot of Tobers, right? <laughs> and uh, uh, so what, like, what, what do you think of that? Is, is this, this way of thinking, does it lead up to like a structured um, commitment, like a creative challenge? Or is it like, is that going too formal? Oh, I don't know. I, I well, one, it, it, it sounds like Rob is very gently pushing me towards that giant word prescription. He's like, let's see if I can trick him. <laughs> we switched his regular coffee with Taster's Choice. We'll see if he can tell the difference. <laughs> uh, I, I would never tell anybody that like, oh, this this doesn't apply. But I, I, I do feel like like there is. Okay, let me let me say this. I'm gonna say. I'm super busted when it comes to taking the structure of the challenge and trying to run even further with it, right? You've pointed this out repeatedly. The last, I would say, four years of me encountering the October Drawing Challenge has been just that. And my my attempt to with today's explore, um, prompt and exploring and asking you this is to try to go to different territory. Because, yeah. yeah, we have covered that a ton. We have, we have. So... So, but I think that this yeah. how you teed up this topic really it 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 does it describes the thing that I've done it, it, where it's you know that's it's it's been the playground it hasn't been that productive other than the experience and sometimes raw material for other stuff. Yep. Yep. So yeah, I would say that there's no reason why like because like play can of course can be structured. You're talking to a baseball fan. Baseball has a structure and that's part of what makes the game fun. It's still totally unpredictable and it's still all about anticipation and that's why I love it. You know, um but without that structure there'd be no anticipation. So like part of the tension that the structure creates when applied properly or when approached properly with the right spirit, I would say right spirit in the sense that uh not harmful to you, right? Because uh, like if I go into a baseball game going like if we don't win, I just don't know how I'm gonna get up tomorrow. You know, <laughs> if we don't win, life's not worth living. If we don't win, I'm gonna get a divorce. You know, it's like if 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 I walk in with that kind of intensity, uh, man, the the play isn't very fun anymore. You know, um, but but if you walk like I in, tell my kids sometimes when they come up with an example that extreme, I'm like that's excellent for a story, but um, let's do something else with our day though. <laughs> that's good <laughs> so yeah so like like when when i when i go to a baseball game it's like of course i want to watch the clippers win that's fun but if they don't win it's like cool well now you know it's like i saw them all try their best and i have a reason to go tomorrow to see if they win next time you know so Anyway, yeah, hmm. I, I think I think totally like drawing for yourself within a uh, sort of exterior structure um, can create all sorts of new lively tensions with it, um, provided that you remember that you're here to play. Uh, so, hmm. so yeah, that's that's the spice for me with the with the creative challenges where it's they're not the same playground because I'm different when I come back to it, even if when I revisit the same challenge and um, there, and there's, there's always, you know, maybe focusing on different things that I feel like focusing on, maybe sometimes having an uh, intention, right. Mm -hmm. Where it's like um, I brought a, uh, a new piece of equipment with me on one creative challenge where it's like, I wasn't, it, it totally 
you know, tr you know trying to learn Manga Studio during 24-hour comic day wasn't like a great plan for productivity, but it was a good learning experience. And uh, um, I, I, can I underline that like six times? Is like that's something that's so you model this. I don't want. I just don't want to skip over the story because the, the the modeling that you do when you tell that story and the the modeling you did by by approaching it that way is something that I wish more artists had the comfort to do. Um, something that Ann and I have been kind of like kicking around a lot as like a general topic is like when did we become so afraid to fail in front of people? And and like I know that's been a problem for like a long time. This isn't a modern problem, but it's like. Failing in front of people means that you are learning a, a, a new way of doing something and hopefully making more people aware that like that nobody shows up with 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 answers. Everybody sh like the, the right way to show up is with like solutions to uh, the intent to solve problems. Right. Like nobody walked into mission control at NASA going like, here's how you get to the moon, everybody. Uh, it's, it's, it's three steps. I got it written on a piece of paper right here. Yeah, I've always known this, you know. <laughs> What's that? What's super fun is that there are personalities in a lot of different businesses and creative teams and stuff where you get the um, the person who just in their essence and psychological social makeup and stuff they have to do that. They need to to provide the prescription, and they're yeah. like, no matter what, this is the thing. The like, the person in the band who says this is the song that we're doing, or I quit, or yeah, or yeah. Uh, uh, I'm. You know, uh, and I think all of us want to fall for that, I think, right? Because yeah. ambiguity is pretty great, but like uh, because of discovery and, and mystery and you come out the other side, but in a way, um, you know, the facing change on that level is a skill and to get comfortable with that much ambiguity is is a is, is even if you're practiced at it it's a contextual thing it's like it's it's like it's a mindset that isn't always accessible yeah and then you know you have the the promise of of you know concrete action reaction results outcomes what have you it's, it's, it sounds kind of great sometimes some days i'm tired right and i don't want the ambiguity but um anyway the uh uh, it, but I, and I, I wonder like collectively when we face so much, when we get fatigue, we, we don't gravitate toward the ambiguity. We don't gravitate toward um, the, the, the trust and the space and the comfort to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And that's a, uh, cause in a way it's, it's like um, it, it's, it reminds me of the, the hierarchy of needs, right? If, depending on where you where you are at and your neurological makeup and all these kinds of things then um and then you individually and us collectively right so this is 2020 is not the most awesome year for going to the playground you know <laughs> yeah you're right you're absolutely right that's a, that's an important layer to add on to this too um and I say that and I want to counter it. I want like find some, I hope and I wish for everybody to find some kind of space to do this kind of exploration and play and, and feel nourishment from it. If, mm -hmm. if, even if it feels a little bit surprising or, or not great at first. And, and I guess if folks have, you know, want us to, to dig deeper in the future on this, we could think of ways to um, take steps 
and 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 uh, and uh, dabble. Yeah, takes you know small commitments to to get comfortable to to you know to just mess around and play longer and and if if and the because fail is like fail it's so funny because um i always i uh one of my deep feel stories about failure is a um um i started a business with a few like-minded friends when i in my early 20s and it was you know to make a video game and we all had different talents and stuff and it was like a garage band in of sorts too but the topic wasn't music it was making games we all were getting skills and what have you and um the game evolved and you know we we ended up making a prototype we ended up making like uh, a prototype that was a, a, a click-through interactive thing and uh uh and it was super rough super not polished and uh, not even fully representative of, of the thing, but like the, of, of the design. And there was so much unfinished, but yet us as individuals, we learned more about collaboration. We learned more about, you know, creating interactive things. We learned um, a lot about, well, uh, applied computer skills and stuff. And along the way, um, some coding, some web, which was new at the time. And so all of us ended up, uh, well, first we, started a second business to then make web stuff and interactive things for people. And, but the game failed. Right. And, and so in talking with uh, one of my dearest friends, uh, we disagreed for at least 10 years or more on this topic. And it would make me make my blood boil every time. And his stance was, it was a failure. And, you should feel it and taste that it failed, right? And I'm like, no way. Flipping table, flip. How many tables? Flip them all. Flip every table because it didn't fail. Look at where all we, we where we've gone since then. It's been part of our path to do this thing. And uh, like, I was literally a you know nothing wrong with this, but I was a, I was a janitor looking for like what am I going to do next, right? And then I now I had a career in technology, so you know, fail that whatever. And, uh, and, but it was this deep thing where failure is a hard thing to sit with. Then eventually I came to what's super funny is that I thought after a while, dang it, he's right. <laughs> he's right. I'm the one who's uncomfortable with failure. Ah, <laughs> this sucks. This hurts. Why? And, uh, and, and, and then, cause I'm like, we did fail, uh, but what's so bad about that? Right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's the part the, 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 to quote you from an earlier episode. We're, oh, we're in a room with failure. Everybody look over there. There's, <laughs> there's failure. Don't look at it. Don't look at it. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, I don't uh, know. I, no, I'm, I'm glad we, kind of a tangent. But. Well, but I mean, it's I think this is part of this go, also goes back to when we were talking with Brandon Dayton about sketchbook summary. So your sketchbook is where you should be failing. Right. Um, <laughs> Because the failure means that you're that you're trying to grow beyond what your current skill set is, and when you do that, you are inevitably going to fail. So therefore, he he was recontextualizing failure as a sign of potential growth. So anyway, I mean, I, I'm glad. Look at say yeah. it's development, right? Yeah. So it's the observer who gets to put the 
um, the description, the definition and the feeling about that, the story around it. You know, if it's, if you're fine with saying failure, what have you, or you're saying that failure is a component of development and growth. Okay. Um, or if you just rather emphasize that it's that this sketchbook or these broken apps or these unfinished, whatever the explorations that, um, it, it's part of me now. Right. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, development. So how about we take a break and then let's do, let's spend like 15 minutes on the second section, which is what are we going to talk about in the second section? Okay. So making a sketch for yourself, maybe we'll set this up. We'll, we'll, we'll do a comparison contrast about just really quick, the small stuff and making a small space is very different than making big space for uh you know a creative cycle saying that it's it's an exploration mm -hmm. uh, when do you get to hire yourself as a tenured professor to do pure research with, with essentially um attaching uh paintbrushes to, to a tentacle costume and running around a room full of paper right <laughs> when do you get to that level yeah. I don't know. Anyway, maybe that's a little extreme. But, but, <laughs> that's how you sell something though. There, yes. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Pure. Like how, how the, the difference between the, the quick, quick creative stuff and having a space for that versus the long stuff and like yep. navigating the. Yeah. You're hitting me right where I'm living right now, Rob. So yeah, I'm, I, I have a feeling that we'll get into some heated, heated places. Um, and then, yes, then we'll talk about the two minute practice, but first, we got to thank some people who make this show possible. Uh, and those are the people who support us on Patreon. Patreon.com slash Lean Into Art is the website. What is it? It's a way for you to give us a monthly upvote. If you believe in Rob and Jersey and what we make here at Lean Into Art, you can support us for as little as a dollar a month. And you can even do a one-time contribution. You can say like, hey, here's like a one-time, you know, uh, I want to support you, make your show more sustainable. I'm going to avail myself of the behind-the-scenes content, and then I'm going to just punch out at the end of the month. You can do that too. But I want to thank five people who have been supporting us on a regular ongoing basis because it means a lot to us becca hilburn thank you becca you can find becca on socials everywhere at netto soup and stephen black you can find stephen black on twitter at black's sideshow thank you stephen and chris watkins thank you chris it means a lot to us and sarah lutfi or is it loutfi sarah please correct me on the pronunciation of anybody you have a chance let me know how to say that because we do appreciate your support we appreciate you being a part of the lean into art discord and steven stonebush thank you steven you could join them all at patreon.com slash lean into art where you will find all the shows we make as well as the extra leans the shows we record only for people who support us on patreon those posts become an open mic thread where you can talk about whatever you want in a safe space with fellow leaders it also gets you access to the lean into art discord and that's our forum. It's a, a way for you to engage with us, you know, in a time-shifted manner with fellow leaders. And uh, we have some Patreon-only sections there just for you. So uh, patreon.com slash leanatoart. Thanks, everybody. It means a lot to us. It really does. Thank you so much. All right. How about this, Rob, for our next section? Whoa. Hey. <laughs> Watch it. <laughs> Yeah, there we go. Uh, so, okay, a little bit of a little bit of a dueling noise to take us in this next section as we compare and contrast. So, like, what changes when you create for yourself and it's a longer creative cycle? I'll preface this by saying that 
one of the things that I, I've started work on, I haven't shared any of it yet, is that I am going to embark on another venture into doing my own thing and just publishing it online. Um, and I've been playing with lots of ways to make it kind of manageable because my time is very limited for my own personal pursuits right now. Um, but the thing that is very difficult for me to align myself to, and this is evidenced by the different creative challenge seasons that I participated in, is where I'm always thinking about product development. I'm always thinking about like making something that an audience will want, is how do I do this? If it's going to take me two years to do, how do I make sure that it's something I love doing and that I'm not doing it for performance's sake, right? Because like this is something that came up a lot in the discussions over this past weekend at CXC, where a lot of authors are saying, you just got to make something you want to make. Okay, <laughs> that's great. I can't think about that without also considering what people are going to say when they see it, right? I can't think about it. It's difficult for me to disengage and say, this is purely for me versus this is something that I want people to love too, right? Hmm. Yeah. There's um, like... All of us will, ha will have quirks where it's almost, is it um, creative miles per gallon kind of thing that um, like for me, the component that is about sort of learning and leveling up, I am too into that and I have to. You're like a Tesla I at that to, point. You have a 400 mile range and you don't even take any gas. <laughs> <laughs> I'm <laughs> way too into that. So the, um, I need to constrain that, the, the project. So in, in a way, like, like I know because of failing on big projects that um, my own quirks, even though that there's exploration, exploration can get tuned like like I can make exploration be learning and and Ouroboros that thing where woohoo uh, this thing's never stopping <laughs> and 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 so okay I learned that right so it's it, at some point projects have uh, have a have a lifespan and whatnot and you can look back and not always so easy to learn right away but it takes time like the story I mentioned about about having a long disagreement, decade long disagreement <laughs> with a friend. And uh, so I, I think uh, learning, learning my own quirks that, that uh, where I can commit to just enough of a specific enough outcome, where leaving space, like you were describing earlier on, where with the possibility of doing the development with the tree sketching, um, where it's like, it's not only like, and purely for, for, um, uh, an instinctual creative, you know, action, there's a little more to it, but there's not too much to it. Right. There's somewhere. And so for me, like the, the, the arrangement involves my own looking at my own, well, uh, quirks, some may call them, um, uh, what Lucy Bellwood did a drew a hundred uh, creative demons, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's I, I think one with any of those feelings that needs to, to you would need to tune it uh, because inherently you're you're setting off for something that has the potential to 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 
to be bigger, right? So uh, potential to be bigger, uh, making a video game versus making like a, an inter interactive demo, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then there's lots of space in between. Making a, uh, like a 24 page comic versus making a mini comic versus making um, one, like a like comic strip, right? Each of these is different sizes of endeavor. So I don't know. Like, what do you think about the different sizes of endeavor and what to emphasize or what to watch out for? Mm. Mm. <laughs> and it can be just all about this project that you're, that you're embarking on. Sounds like you're past the point of like, should I, right? Right, right. So, okay. So what happened was, is I dropped I, I i felt this enormous relief when i dropped the whole shoulder pads post-apocalyptic armor of i gotta get this thing published like there's something about me saying like nope let's not think about that just make the thing and i was like oh oh i didn't realize how heavy that was <laughs> wow this feels really great i could breathe i could breathe this is this is really nice so there was that there's that initial thrill of like i could do whatever i want um but the moment i think about putting this out in the world, then like the, the invasive thoughts, invasive, is it invasive? They're coming from me, Rob. It's my thoughts. Um, but you got to build an audience. You got to make the case. You got to build reputation so that people will want to buy it someday. Oh, <sighs> shake that off. Shake that off. Shake that off. Just do the thing that you want to do because this is what's going to nourish you and recharge you. That's why you're doing it. So I think I need to prepare myself for an ongoing sparring match <laughs> with that voice, right? That voice is going to show up and knock on the door every morning. Hello, anybody in there? Don't forget, it's all about reputation and building an audience. And I'm going to say, oh, that's okay, that's nice. You'll have a nice day someplace else because I'm going to be in here doing this thing because it nourishes me. Um, uh, there's something that feels like I'm protecting myself against the future when I come up with a plan for that. Right, like, like okay, I'm gonna live stream every Monday. I'm gonna talk with people about my project. And I'm gonna keep the, I'm gonna get out in front of this thing, which I will, but the only to the per, for the the pure practice of getting in front of things and celebrating what I love. Right, like like so. I think what I'm setting myself up for is for a constant reframing because I have a quirk in that I like to make plans and I like to build structures so that I ship a thing. I've proven I can ship a thing now. It's okay, Jersey. Calm down. You know. Um, Product development principles are better than plans. Mm. And explain. You can so a plan. You can be optimizing uh, the your your time and resources. You could be. You could have interviewed every creative demon you have and and have factored them in. You've factored everything, all these variables. Look at you map and look at you go. Are you doing the right thing though? Right? Are you are you really building the the um are you the the dis, are you saw what problems are you solving? So a pr a principle is easy to to just pick up and say, Am I doing the right thing? And you described, I, I didn't get them captured here, but like the the essence of the meaning of this project. And its effect on you, its effect on the world, the shape it should take, um, like things like um, 
maybe you can you know, incorporating the audi audience things may fall into that, but it doesn't get too specific, right? Right, right, right. Uh, uh, the, 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 the thing I described was I'm doing this because it's nourishing to me. It started with the, the motivation is I want to get paid to make something that really feels like my own vision of what is valuable in fiction, right? Not to say that this is the most valuable, this is my most valuable thing in fiction. And like, I've been going through like a little bit of that, like sort of processing who my target audience is, Rob. And like, like the really, like the hyper specificity. And I just had a conversation with uh, my friend the other morning about this. Uh, and I came up with um, kids who grow up in environments where they don't have a whole lot of familial support. Maybe their environment is toxic even. And there aren't very, very many grownups who are there for them to tell them, like to equip them for the dangers of adulthood, right? Um, so like I'm, I'm, I'm winnowing in like, okay. And so you know what? If I'm making it for that person, if anybody else likes it, bonus. But I'm not making it for them. And it's okay that I'm not making it for them. I'm making it for this kid, you know? Um, mm. So like, and I, I, I guess that would go back to a principle. That's not a plan. That's an intent, right? It's a principle. Yes, exactly. And it's, uh, pr they're, they're fantastic gauges to be like, boop, 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 like, like, oh, bzz, bzz, I, this is bad. This right. I, I just almost added this to my plan, right? I, yeah. I have the resources to do this thing, but the principal alert went off. Yeah. And yeah. That, that's all. Like, they're really, really powerful things. And they can be hard in collaborations to come up with, but they can guide you individually on your, uh, on an endeavor. But, but I think they're as or more important too, if you're, if you're working on something with someone else. Yeah. Because yeah. what's this for? Okay. This is we're we're doing this because um, we, we want to express the highest aesthetics we can related to fonts in comics. Great. All right. So we're going to invest probably a lot in making the font for this comic um, or family of fonts or what have you. Um, and it's just something you really believe in and make a list of those things you really believe in that are important to incorporate. Yep. Yep. And in, in the early days of A2CAF, when it was called Kids Read Comics, the organization's still called that, but the event's called A2CAF now, that was, we were making it up as we went along because we didn't have a plan. We were making a plan on the fly, and so we relied heavily on, well, what are our principles? What are our core beliefs? What is our, what's our success criteria um, based on our principles? Now we can evaluate whether or not these things, and so like things like, having a conversation around, um, is it important that this thing gets 150,000 people to come to it, right? When you're making a festival, that's a natural conclusion to come to, right? That is, it's a perfectly reasonable assumption that you, the more people, the better. And we had a, a really earnest conversation one year, I forget what year it was, where we said like, you know what, if we had 150,000 people, then these things that happen at our show that are so meaningful and so supportive of our core principle wouldn't be possible. So maybe let's not focus our attention on building, you know, huge foot traffic. Let's get good foot traffic, right? <laughs> Rather than enormous foot traffic, you know? Uh, and that was an unintuitive arrival based on Explorer principles. So yeah, this is something I need to do in my, my artwork more than I have historically. Well, and that's a really interesting thing. You brought up, um, in a, well, the scale, the scale of the impact of what you're making and wow is scale a, um it's its own thing that shouldn't get invited to principles right um 
because you know the principles are more like how does the, what does this mean for you um like the things you really care about and the like what do you want to to how do you want to connect with the, the people who also care about this thing right mm-hmm. um who do you want to include in this thing make that in make that principle you know that describes that but then the the scale oh gosh i've been yeah just scales red flag red red flag um <laughs> watch out maybe necessary depending on your endeavor but maybe. yes um, i love that i love that uh, scale is a red flag oh my gosh mm-hmm. I, I feel we're like, probably talking about the wrong thing if we're talking about scale especially early on in a creative endeavor i feel like that's a word that's been largely poisoned in the last decade um anyway swam in it i know <laughs> I'm looking at King Theoden over here slumped in the chair. And I'm like, what about skill? (laughs) Get out. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, How about then? I I do feel like we, we walked around the topic this, this time. I think we did. Yeah. It's uh, it, that's, that's that's pretty pretty interesting. Uh, making things because you just feel like making them, and it gets uh, you wanted to have a little bit of a support mechanism if you're if you're going for something big, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, yeah. Scale is watch out like and in both in all directions, uh, inside you and outside. If you're thinking of audience scale, if you're thinking of scale of the size of the thing. Um, you know, just remember to, uh, even if it's big, make sure it's not too big that it's a, it's a good thing to really, so you don't set yourself up for, for something that is not, um, you know, that, that could have just built you up and, and been a good experience, but well, if, if you're setting yourself up for, uh, honestly, unrealistic effort over an extremely long period of time and that kind of thing, just, yeah. yeah. Agree. I'm good. Okay, good. Yep. All right. Well, the, how about we take one more break and then let's talk about the two minute practice uh, for mm-hmm. this, this month or this two week period. Um, what say you? I think that sounds great. Let's, let's go there. Okay. So we're going to come back in about a minute and a half to two minutes. And then we're going to talk about our two minute practice for uh, this, this, this biweekly session. Uh, before we do that, we've got to thank some more people who make the show possible. Those people happen to be us. We make the show possible. We make lots of things. We work hard on these things. We think hard about them. And we bring that thinking into this project we call Lean Into Art. And the thing that I make besides this project that I hope you will check out is the 4 Million Years Later podcast. That's at 4millionyearslater.com. Is it about paleontology? No, it's about cartoons. It is uh, a deep analysis of the Generation 1 Transformers cartoon series, episode by episode, in story order. And um, it's it's really just me and my buddy Hoover, uh, who I've been friends with for 25 years, we talked on the phone every week about Transformers for 25 years, and now we've decided to start documenting those conversations in a more thoughtful and mission-driven way, where it's really about celebrating the the bizarre inconsistencies that come out of a commercial for toys written by a lot of different writers uh, very rapidly, but then also looking at the 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 deep, meaningful and um, uh, reciprocation 
of writers writing for children based on their love of stuff that excited them as children. Like that's that's an, that's largely an inference that I'm making. Like I can only, but I have spoken with some of the writers of these shows, and a lot of them when they were writing these episodes, they were digging deep in their own childhood. Like, oh, I love Disney Zorro, so I brought that sort of some of these elements to this television series. So uh, yeah, that's at fourmillionyearslater.com. It's in podcatchers everywhere. Uh, I think if you enjoyed my intellectual tumbling, there's more, a lot more to be had there. We're already at 39 episodes. Um, it's super entertaining. You oh, just, thanks. yeah, it's got to, got to subscribe to four million years later. It's so, so fun. Both Jersey and Hoover do some, do some fun exploration and, and tumbling and, and analysis where if you're into storytelling, just, yeah, give it a listen. Really nourishing. Well, let's talk about what's in your store, Rob. Right on. All right. So uh, robstenzinger.com slash store.html is where you're going to find easy access to the stuff I make and do. And I'm here to help you with uh, creative process coaching. Um, made lots of things, failed a lot, analyzed a lot, studied, practiced, been taught. And uh, I'm here to share that kind of stuff with you through um, could be looking at your, what's your what's your next project and choosing your creative career path, starting using infusing user experience design and, and human-centered practices into your team and how do you design things. Oh. Or maybe the whole system of product design and development through Product Practice Lab. So I've got a variety of those things. You can just reach out to me through the site to uh, get started. I have also have um, some, some workshops just ready for you to stream. You can, you can purchase on your own. Or uh, if you have the service Skillshare, Skillshare.com, um, well, they, this is like just sitting there waiting for you to, to go check out. Super awesome. Also, I have links to both the, both ways to purchase these workshops right on robstenzinger.com slash store.html. Uh, two that I want to highlight, drawing user journey maps. It's super useful for getting a wider per, integrated perspective across different points of view about what happens to who you're trying to help over time with what you're making, right? There's a time before they see the thing that you make. There's a time in the beginning and then things progress. What's that progression like? How are you being thoughtful about it? Drawing user journey maps helps you do that. And whether you're solo or on a team. And then it's that time of year, or maybe it's great any time of year is, is to pick a creative challenge. Better yet, make that creative challenge your own. Make it work for you. How, how, what kind of outcomes do you want? Do you want it to be that creative uh, playground? Or do you want to make a product and put it into the world and use the creative challenge as the workout mechanism to get you through that process? Well, customizing your next creative challenge is the workshop I made for you to make those creative challenges work for you. That's, uh, that's all at robstenzinger.com slash store.html. Awesome. Check Thank it you, out. And then the last thing we hope that you will check out is the Lean Into Art Discord. We have a forum where you can talk with us in between episodes and comment on episodes as they're live streamed. And, um, you know, even do like social posting about things that are going on in your life or sharing work with uh, the um, Brain Trust in the Patreon-only section. Uh, the invite link is in the show notes for this episode and every episode. So thanks to everybody who's been interacting with us there. It has been awesome to get to know more of you uh, on a one-on-one -on -one basis in the Lean Into Art Discord. All right. Two-minute practice mm -hmm. time, yes? Two-minute practice time? Hey, Jersey. Hey, Rob. <laughs> oh, my gosh. 
it's been a few weeks since this practice prompt. And I, you know, I, I, I know that, that this is all about the, this, the mechanism of making it like inexpensive um, on our time, on our emotions and our stress to just try, dabble, explore a new thing, right? Um, so I would say in a way I probably did a few different practices, but the, the main one was this intentional thing that we set out to do last time, mm-hmm. which, yeah, what, what, uh, how's, what did we set out to do and how, how's, how so, those couple yeah. of weeks transfer for you? We, after looking at the the practice before, we came to the conclusion that like that we needed to find for this round something that had little emotional cost, right? So we're talking about like time cost and emotion cost. That's, that's we got to sort of like think about multiple kinds of costs when we practice something. And so we both observed that showing up to doodle something has very little emotional cost for us. So let's do something that involves drawing with lines and. I forget who came up with the idea, or I'm, I'm certain what happened was it was us playing ping pong with the idea. We came up with this idea of visualizing the quality of your day in lines. And this is, I can say for myself, at least in part, uh, inspired by the fact that I carry, I, I have an emergent task planner, which, as a matter of fact, Rob, <clears throat> I was just talking about this. Eight years worth of ETPs that I was just talking about with friends. So a lot of my life captured in terms of um, quantity. Uh, yeah, go ahead. What are you saying? I would fill a backpack and make it kind of heavy. I mean, this that's is, a lot. This isn't of, all of them, uh, but this is this is going back a few years. It's not even all of them. Okay. Because no, I only I only in the last like three or four years switched to using these graph uh you know, note, notepads, um, graph composition books, which, you know, you can get for like 50 cents a book at the beginning of every school year. Um, anyway, that's a good tip. Yeah, actually I, I have, I have uh, five years worth of them that I got this last school year. Um, so I'm, I'm set on that, but anyway, so I'm capturing like what I'm doing and I have a space in my ETP to capture, uh, it's called what good happened. Like it's just a prompt for me to record did, did anything happen or did I do anything that makes me say that's what good looks like? And I don't find myself making a lot of time to capture that qualitative data. Um, every once in a while I do, but not often. And especially when I'm under a lot of pressure, like I was this last three weeks leading up to cartoon crossroads, Columbus, 2020. So we came up with this idea of like, okay, what would be inexpensive doing something with lines? Let's capture the quality of our day. And so I did, I did a number of practices, um, with my, Oh, the other thing I, the other tool I have to point out is my uh, multi pen that I got at jetpens.com. And I love this thing to death. It's a refillable multi pen. It is uni, uni style fit is what it's called. Um, anyway, so mm. I was using, I was creating lines, but I was also using colors to sort of capture. Um, uh, oh, yeah. So I see, yeah, it's greens and reds. Ah, gosh, multiple layers. That's so awesome. Yeah. So like in this case, the red was sort of like the path through the day directionality. Like, oh, I'm going forward sort of in waves. Oh, no, now I'm going backwards. And now I'm going forwards again. But there's a lot of pain when I'm going forward here. <laughs> so, um, that, Yeah. Wow. You've got some really uh, understandable. I mean, there's abstraction, but but you have some symbols really working yeah. there that um, it's it's. I would bet makes it easier to get some meaning out of, uh, out of that. Uh, yeah. That line or, you know, family of lines. So wow. I found myself like 
hitting the main idea very quickly. Like it, it took seconds to capture it. This is really what it felt like. So with two minutes on the clock, it actually invited me to sit with that for a little bit and think on it and process a little bit more than I would normally do. And then that's where the other layers of color came in. Like, so they became like this through line that was like the initial report. And then the ticking clock said, okay, now sit with that. Think about it. What other layers would you add to it? What else was happening? And that's, so that's why I started layering the different colors on to show that, 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 that procedure of thought for myself after the fact. How about you? Wow. I mean, and there, there's not a lot of things that in two minutes you get to do um, like multiple stages of creative effort. <laughs> that's, a, that's impressive. Um, I, I ended up, um, let me do an experiment. Can you vamp for like 10 seconds? Yeah, sure. And I can, I, 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 I'd be happy to. I can actually go through what this one was. <laughs> Everybody's watching. So uh, purple line indicated extrinsically motivated effort. Green line was I uh, intrinsically motivated effort. That contact point in the middle was where everything kind of got very, very hard. And the red lines indicate outside asks, outside forces, things coming in to the day that were uh, that part of things that make this an emergent task, right? Like the, I didn't plan on doing it, but I'm doing it. If <laughs> We've all had that, right? So, okay, it looks like Rob is setting up his whiteboard. I am. I'm at my whiteboard. Look at this, everybody. It's getting to be like a real TV show production here. <laughs> this is camera yeah, two. Yeah, camera two. Here I am. <laughs> I'm at the. Um, yeah, this this is what I ended up doing over mm. the last couple weeks of of this of the creative practice. Um, two two minutes for each of these lines. Right. Oh, so and you did like a palimpsest where it's like it's all layered on top of itself. Oh, wait, where's uh, that's a cool word. What, help let me, me, let, me let me make sure I got the pronunciation right. Define palimpsest. Uh, huh. A palimpsest is in textual studies. A palimpsest, palimpsest is a manuscript page, either from a scroll or a book from which the text has been scraped or washed off so that the page could be reused for another document. So you get a layering of information on a palimpsest. Oh, that's yeah. That's that's pretty cool. It it is a it is a lot like that. Um, uh, it's it. Um, phew, yep, uh, channeling. I wouldn't be surprised if I had a had an ancestor ancestor who was a scribe. But um, <laughs> um, this. So each line would be just you know typically in the in the evening, and um, so a couple of times early you know er, you know early part of the day maybe lunchtime. But um, but I didn't keep a lot of track of this this data. I just would um, do some exploring and uh, you know do a line for that day and and, and keep moving, and uh, and I knew I wanted to I wanted that that um, palimpsest effect right, but didn't know that word existed. So um, I don't know if I like the the collection of lines. Once I started to go other directions, so I, I I did a few days and I thought oh I've got some more days in me. So you got one two three four. Uh, five, six, or seven, or day, or so days here. But um, this, um, there was a little bit of um, like flow of effort, and when there was a little more mellowness or, or or like less less conflict to navigate. But then when there's conflict to navigate, it got more jagged. That's roughly the mm -hmm. code in my visualization. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, yeah, so, basically. Um, uh, 
working from home and, you know, kids doing school from home and, and all that kind of stuff is, uh, looks like that. <laughs> and if I were to describe for people in audio, and you could also find the video at Lena Tart, uh, episode 329 on YouTube. Uh, it's, it's a, a, a cacophony of swirls that look like they're about to converge harmoniously, but then in come the jagged lines to overlay over top. Anybody who's watched uh, the dot and the line animated cartoon from UK Studios back in the 50s, right? The difference between the squiggle and the line. Um, the squiggle is chaos, and there is a bunch of chaos converging on the center of that image. <laughs> oh, yeah. And so collectively, right, there's um, often, there, there are portions of days in particular that were chaotic. Um, and... Uh, Yes, uh, like a like a roller coaster that could bring you in any direction at any time. But uh, you know, it's uh, it's uh, it's a, I found this fun because the big paper, right? The big paper. I tend to put a little more uh, oomph in the mm. lines, and mm. that's that's uh, you know when there's a lot going on in a day. Maybe it's nice to have a little oomph in a creative project to take, take some, uh, I don't know, take some of that emotion and be like, ah, let's put it somewhere. Yeah, you're using more of your body, and when you do, when you draw that way too. Oh yeah, exactly. Well, cool. So, well, I th I would call this one a success in terms of experience. Um, so, what do you want to do for? this next week, this next two weeks for our practice. Anybody who's watching live, you could chime in too. Um, if you want to give us some things that you think would make a good practice this for the next two weeks. Um, and it could even be not, not a fully formed practice, but just like a tight, like we, we tend to uh, hover around physical things, doing something with our bodies, doing something with drawing, doing something with sound, um, and then doing something with writing. Um, there you are. Hello, Rob. <laughs> Switching cameras is a little bit of effort. But. <laughs> Still, that was pretty smooth. Uh, so do you have any thoughts as to like where, where your gut is taking you for this next practice for the next two weeks? Hmm. I wonder if... so. <sighs> doing low pressure things and then finding a pattern in the, in the things keeps it low pressure. Having an expected pattern is where I think more pressure comes from. Mm -hmm. So if, uh, you know, gravity, if, if, you know, leaning toward drawing type things, but then seeing what emerges, um, hmm. how about, um, how about uh, keep adding characters to a page and see what happens? It's like like a chaotic sketchbook page of mm. this thing and that thing and this thing and that thing. And they don't have to be set on a stage or in a scene or something like that, but it's the logic of your um, a school notebook that gets your doodle attention. Mm. But then eventually over a few sessions that that thing becomes a collage of of sketches okay are you sure that's a that's an idea you could totally <laughs> go somewhere else with this 
No, I mean that that sounds that sounds fun. That sounds pleasant. And it, it sounds like it's kind of tied into the theme of today's episode too. Um, so Luffy is is typing into the Discord, and I'm anticipating what it could be. It could be something that either like that like takes our uh our dungeon crawl over to the the different area you hinted at the top, or it could be something that we're like, okay, let's do that one next month. Um, yeah, well. I think, in the interest of wrapping the episode on time, let's. Uh, oh, okay. In the future, okay. This is uh, Sulufi saying is like in the future for the next two minute practice, maybe creating color palettes from nature, from pictures. That's a cool one too. That is a really good one. Right. I like, love. Uh, yeah, I've, uh, making color palettes is a nice. Um, it can be low pressure, and that's that can be pretty pretty fun it can be unless you're yeah it, it is fall right like this is the time to be capturing lots of interesting colors sunset looks different right now sunrise looks different right now um we did do a two-minute practice uh a while back where it was like just grabbing a photo of something that makes us go like ah right um but this has like a, another added benefit of it's like okay like let's take the photo and then just take two minutes to like grab like six colors off of it and see what we get um, I kind of dig how that's kind of like um, a story cubes way of getting a color palette, you know. Story cubes like the dice. Yeah, the dice. So, you know, when you throw the dice, oh, yeah. and, it's, and it gives you a couple little prompts that are like utterly random to help like, motivate you to like just run with the idea instead of like try to craft everything so carefully. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm all for it. Like we can do the collecting, uh, you know, color palettes. Another thing I haven't done in a, in like six weeks, Rob, that I'm really sad about is I haven't gone running in a long time, and I'm I plan on starting again tonight, and mm. this would be a good opportunity to go outside for the express purpose of grabbing a photo of colors that I see that are interesting and group group six colors, do six color palettes. Yeah, that that is it is a really good idea. I mean, it's a little bit of a combo project where. Um, you, it's, it's like two different things that give you more incentive to, to do them both because they can connect. Yeah. 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 I, I, that's, that's a way I trick myself into doing things. Uh, <laughs> so, and then how about we've got another practice already, like sort of in the hopper in terms of doodling in our sketchbooks. Um, mm -hmm. cause actually this is another, I, I just had this conversation with some teachers. I'm going to start teaching, uh, at a, I'm going to do like a visiting artist thing in January and, we were talking about like teaching different learning modalities and I got to tell the story of when my high school sociology teacher, he meant very well, but he called my parents and said, I need to talk to you about your son. He's going to be a criminal. And they're like, why? He's like he's drugged Spider-Man all over his notes. <laughs> <laughs> Are his grades bad? No, they're fine, but I'm really worried about the Spider-Mans. <laughs> so oh, moral panics. <laughs> Yeah, but, but it's like it's like that's just keep on giving. But my my yeah, that's true. But my notebooks did look like that. I was like covered in like little characters well, doing all sorts of things. Like most that's classier than what I wrote on my notebooks. I was never like a like a body part draw drawing person, but like so many skulls, so many flaming things, and you know swords, flaming things, swords and skulls. That was all over. And then uh, weird penguin. But you know, there's 
and 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 that maybe the incongruence could have led led a teacher to be suspicious it's like what you know <laughs> good Ben. all right i think we got to practice let's 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 see what, how we how this feels for us in two weeks uh, enjoy your mm-hmm. autumn everybody and grab some colors all right uh well unless you're in the southern hemisphere then enjoy your spring and grab some colors so right on that's a uh, good to good to remember and and uh, sometimes it's i'm always once in a while like a little bit jealous like they probably have a better inverse day than we have right now i don't know but uh but either way color palettes it sounds like a lot of fun um looking forward to it thanks for the idea as well um yep yep s louter on the uh, discord yeah awesome all Um, right thank you jersey thanks rob and this is the part where I say we record the show weekly, usually on Thursdays at noon Eastern time, 11 a.m. Central. We stream it live all over the place and in the Lean Into Art Discord and the Collective Is podcast at leanintoart.com and patreon.com slash leanintoart. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us and chatting with us while we did this episode. And thanks to you, Rob, for the great discussion on drawing for ourselves. And oh, my pleasure, New Jersey. And uh, we'll see you next time. Until then, I have been Jersey Drozd of LeanIntoArt.com and Jersey Drozd on Instagram. And I'm Rob Stenzinger of LeanIntoArt.com and Rob Stenzinger, places like Instagram. Okay, bye. Show notes for this episode can be found at LeanIntoArt.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at the user LeanIntoArt and you can reach us via email at leanintoart at gmail.com. And remember, leaners aren't wieners. Thanks for listening.